Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We'll have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code hbhmpod at checkout. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the latest episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. Today we have Laura Leslie of Laura Leslie Nutrition. Laura is a registered nutritional therapist and naturopath and runs her online practice from Aberdeenshire. Laura offers nutrition and lifestyle advice to support her clients achieve their holistic health goals. In a world where there are so many expectations and available nutrition information, it can be difficult to know what is right for us. The functional medicine approach to health looks at triggers and drivers of health conditions, and she works with her clients to take time and explore what these could be for them. She's a mom to two young daughters and enjoys running and yoga in her spare time. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. What is that you've got your drink in there? This is my artichoke tea and there's some ginkgo in there as well this morning. And what is ginkgo? Ginkgo biloba. So it's a, a, a herb. A herb. And it's the artichoke is really good for digestive stimulation and ginkgo is good for kind of alertness. And yeah, so I'm getting myself going to have our chat together today. It looks very green. So hold it up for anyone who's watching on video. It's green and it's very bitter. Okay. Whenever I I recommend artichoke tea for clients, they, to begin with, can be a bit of a, oh, I'm not too sure about this. This is a bit bitter. But that's the whole reason behind it, because the bitterness stimulates the digestive juices. Okay. Um, and but your taste buds definitely adjust to it. So, really good. A couple okay. of times a day, I'll have that during the day. I'll I'll give it a try then. <laughs> I'll send you some. Perfect. Cheers. So, well, as the introduction points out, then Laura, nutrition can be a confusing subject for a lot of people because there is so much information out there. So, how is it that you help your clients? So. I think it can be a confusing subject and I think it's it's something that we tend to put quite a lot of pressure on ourselves about is having the right diet um, and it's an area that I find over the years people compare themselves to other people you know I'm sure you know yourself it's like you you talk to other runners and you say right what's your diet like and what do you have before a race and you know what do you eat whenever you're training but what they're eating is not necessarily going to be the right thing for you because your digestive system is different you might run longer than them or or whatever and it's it's such a pressurized thing and I think we put we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves and and what I tried my main aim with my clients is to help people kind of forget about that noise and think and start to listen to themselves and listen to kind of what foods are right for them and feel good for them and digest well and give them energy and help their sleep and and all of that okay and is it so 
you know, when, when you hear nutrition a lot of the time, I think weight loss is, you know, mm-hmm. a thing that people generally think of. Is, is that people's main goal when they come to you? No, um, definitely not. Um, and I think it's when my main client base it would be people who are maybe struggling with some di- digestive conditions, hormonally, um, and mood a lot of the time as well. So their body's been impacted by stress or they um, have depression or anxiety. Um, sometimes weight loss is in the picture whenever they do come to me. Um, and that may be something that we talk about and work with, but very rarely is it is it the main goal. Okay, cool. And you've got naturopath in the title. I had to look mm-hmm. that up before <laughs> recording this. So can you just explain a bit about what a naturopath is? Yeah, it's really just um, like holistic health. And mm-hmm. it's, it's that individual approach to health. And um, as a nutritional therapist and a naturopath, we look at the root cause of what's of what the condition is or, or what's happening within the body. Um, and it's, instead of looking at right what are your symptoms we look at why is that happening yeah so you know say for example heartburn or reflux so heartburn or reflux is there and you know we might go to the doctor and the doctor would give antacids whereas as a naturopath as a nutritional therapist we would look at right why is that there what is driving that you know and and we would work then at the root cause and with that so preventative rather than just throwing yeah pills and tablets at things yeah, preventative, and we work a lot with chronic conditions as well. So, in an ideal world, we would, we would be eating healthily. We would all be, and what is right for ourselves. We would all be looking after our bodies, um, so that we um, don't need to go down the prescription route as we get older. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why. Um, I retrained within nutritional therapy and naturopathy was um, I lived in Australia for a few years and I think we'll, we'll touch about hopefully talk about my experiences a wee bit in a bit later um, but over there their medical model are, is, is quite different to ours and there is much more of a focus on preventative health um, mm-hmm. and they've got naturopaths in every corner over there and yeah. it's about kind of looking after yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's bring it back then. So what's your background and how did you get involved with nutrition? I, whenever I left school, I went and did a business degree at Glasgow Uni um, and then fell into working in recruitment and was there, worked in recruitment for quite a long, quite a few years. Um, And actually with the company that I worked with, um, moved to Melbourne um, and my husband's company moved him out there too um but I am quite a stressy person <laughs> and my personality of go 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 pressurized as well as a I don't know if you know anyone that works or worked in recruitment it is a very pressurized environment um, and you know I enjoyed it we we worked hard and we played hard I suppose and I exercised hard. So, you know, if you start to kind of put those things together of stress, 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 um, it started to show up in my body. And it was whenever we were living in Australia, um, one of my friends said, why don't you go and see my naturopath? And like you, I was like, oh, 
what's that you know um so I went to see her and Brian it was the first time somebody had sat and listened to me and you know she would she kept asking me what do you do to relax and I was like I run and she's like no no what do you do to relax and I went I go to the gym you know and she's like and then she explained kind of cortisol and how that is impacting our body and um, and then I went away and I was like, this is pretty cool. Like I've never had these conversations before. And um, then I looked into retraining and to be a overseas student in Australia just would have, wouldn't have been achievable for us. So we then moved. Luckily, my husband said he would come with me and we went to London and I trained in London. So here I am seven years later, I suppose, after training. So yeah. And it's obviously something that you are passionate about and you, you know, care about helping your clients as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Good. I'm very lucky. <laughs> and so what, when people come to you then initially and they maybe inquire about your services, mm-hmm. you know, what's some of the kind of most commonly asked questions you get at the beginning? Well, I suppose, you know, I'll, I'll let everybody know that I do all of my practice one-to-one at the minute so whenever people do inquire and I also now do all of my practice online which has been forced upon us all um through the pandemic but it works it's worked really well um and the feedback I've had from everybody since it's been online has been really positive um but I suppose most people's reasons why they come are so individual and I think that word individual is something that I'll probably repeat about 50 times in our conversation today and it really is um and but I may also get five people coming with with migraines you know and but each of the reasons why they're getting migraines whenever we sit and have that conversation are or could be different you know it could be food related it could be structural it could be um you know their digestion hormonal so there's so many different reasons and but I suppose the key the main kind of the questions that people come with are I suppose can you help me do you know because a lot of the time whatever's been going on in their bodies they it's been going on for quite a while you know, um, unfortunately, we do tend to be the last resort or getting on to the last resort. You know, they've gone to their doctors or they've put up with things for quite a long time. Mm. And it's like, you know, this is what's going on with my body. Can't, you know, is this something you can help me with? You know, um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm just thinking there. We, we can all be guilty of that. You know, we've got an, something wrong with this and whether that's, uh, you know, a, a niggling injury or, you know, more than that something you know within our body or within our head that it does where we seem to be guilty of letting it ride and just dealing with it and living with it and it you know it could be something a lot more serious than what you're thinking or it could be something that it's quickly fixable by Mm -hmm. you know having a chat to to somebody like yourself so Mm Yeah, I think we definitely need to act on things quicker as a, I'm speaking about me personally, um, and probably as a nation as well, I think we're, we're guilty of just not acting on things quick enough. Do you know what we're guilty of, Brian? And I think that this is what I've kind of started to realise over, especially this year, is we're guilty of not putting ourselves first, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're busy, we are, you know, whether you're busy with work, 
you know, looking after children with your putting your partner first, putting, you know, if you're caring for whoever, you know, elderly or family members, whenever we're in those roles, and that's where a lot, a lot of my clients are either parents or really busy with work, right? So they do put themselves very low in the pecking order. So that we niggle or that, you know, that, I'm really, you know, I'm not sleeping or, or something like constipation, you know, if I have that conversation of, you know, how, how regular are your bowel movements? It's like, oh, oh, three times a week, but that's normal for me, do you know? Yeah. And it's like, we sometimes are just so busy and so distracted by life that we don't stop and kind of listen to what's going on. Yeah. We, and you just said the word normal. If we sometimes normalize these things that are genuinely wrong with this and there, mm -hmm. you know could be something pretty serious and we just normalize mm -hmm. it within our own heads and sort of try and justify it to ourselves yeah. that oh no it's not a big deal in actual fact it is yeah. or it could become you know yeah. um you know it could be starting to show up in other parts of the body so you know and and part of my job is is helping people start to link those things together you know that if you are not sleeping well for example, um, I know you, you and Robbie spoke a bit about sleep in your last episode. Mm -hmm. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be able to recover well, if, if we're thinking of an athlete of, of yeah. recovery. Um, but also appetite can be affected if, if sleep isn't good time, good quality or quantity. So we've got appetite, we've got mood, we've got, you know, irritability, concentration at work, yeah. performance at work, performance mm -hmm. training. And um, so it's stopping and being able to realize, well, actually, this thing have, you know, Sam sleeping five hours a night. How is that going to impact in your body? How is that mm -hmm. going to show up? Yeah. I'm glad, um, you know, early days in this pod podcast and certainly it's something that, you know, the team and I talk about a lot is sleep. And, you know, I'm glad that it's now becoming a lot more out there. You know, mm -hmm. it's more acceptable to talk about improving the quality of sleep and getting more sleep. Whereas mm -hmm. I think I said in the last podcast as well, it used to be this, you know, whole bravado about, oh, I don't need to get much sleep. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm glad that that's changing yeah. because, you know, there are so many different areas of your life that can be benefited by improving the quality of your sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad it's getting the attention it deserves. Yeah. I also think as well, whenever I heard you say that too, I think the word busy is something that we kind of oh I'm really busy or I'm really busy you know I'm you, you know that I don't yeah. know if, if you know people that are like that like sometimes that busyness and that need to be busy or that strive to be busy can put so much pressure on our body yeah um so I, I think you know there's been a lot this year of actually because we've been forced to slow down a lot of us that actually when we do admit that we don't need to be busy all the time that's okay yeah. um and I also find as well, so the sleep, the busyness, but the more and more people talking about their emotions, more and more people talking about how it's okay to voice your emotions and to sit with your emotions, um, I think is fantastic. So those are kind of the three areas that I'm quite, quite passionate about. Okay. So it's clear then that, you know, you cover a lot more than just the food you eat. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, very clear early on in the podcast, you're covering a lot more than that. So, you know, what are some of the, the key areas that you will help a client with? Main thing, yeah. habit changing. Yeah, okay. it's it's looking at what, what are your goals? 
Um, so I do a lot of coaching with my clients. So the first, I work with people for either six weeks or 12 weeks or longer. So the first couple of sessions is very much nutritional therapy. So it's looking at right, what are your goals? Um, where do you want to be in six weeks? Where do you want to be in 12 weeks from a health point of view? And then we break that up to make it manageable. Um, we, and I'm there as a support to help them work through that. Um, and, and I think, you know, we mentioned right at the beginning of how overwhelming it can be with the vast amount of information out there, that the, the change can also be very overwhelming, you know. Yeah. And doing that by yourself a lot of the time is where it becomes stressful. And, and I think that's where some people really struggle to make it lifelong changes. Yeah. And, and that's really where I feel that I come in to help people. Um, you know, I, I say to everybody whenever I have my, I do like a, like a initial discovery call with clients before they start working with me. And I say to, to every single one of them, it's you that's doing the hard work. It's not me. I'm just helping you through it. Um, and I suppose that's, yeah, the biggest thing I think that I help them with. Habit changing, yeah. And I think it's yeah. there, it, it can be overwhelming when somebody, you know, is wanting to make changes in their lives. And I think having somebody like yourself alongside them, you know, making recommendations to, to them, but also not, you know, not, not giving them like 10 things a week. It's, you know, maybe there's one thing they can, you know, focus on and then, you know, do it from And there. the one thing, the, the one thing at a time is the key. And yeah. I think when most people say, right, I want to do this and I want to do that, it's like, I want to do it. The, the, the drive is to do it all at once. We're yeah. actually, whenever we try to do it all at once, that's where it just doesn't work. Yeah. And if we do it one, one thing at a time and we actually, it is manageable, and we, we then are able to kind of check in and say, how is that going? And then move to the next thing. It, it's, it's much more, becomes much more ingrained in us. Yeah, cool. So, well, the, the reason, you know, we're obviously working with Laura at HBHM um, on, a, on a range of things, but, you know, there's our social media content over the next few months. You'll see a, a lot from Laura. Um, and I thought that it'd be good to, take this opportunity to you know discuss some of the things on the podcast that you'll also see you know spoken about in detail on some of our educational content as well so um i'm just going to go through some of the things that we've got in the in the pipeline laura so the first of those would be mindful eating can you just talk talk a bit about mindful eating yeah um mindfulness is a real uh thing that everybody's talking about at the minute um and it's great and it's just being present and I think when we come back to this busyness we come back to this not putting ourselves first a lot of the time whenever we my clients are eating um, and I think I I know I was guilty of doing this especially as a young as a whenever my kids were young of let's eat as quickly as you possibly can you know and whether that like for me it was because I didn't know when one of them was going to cry or need me or whatever but you know you think of you stand and cook and you're thinking of your to-do list or whatever you've got to do next and food becomes it doesn't become a priority and and actually the whole process of sitting down eating a meal should be so enjoyable um but from a digestive point of view when we don't eat mindfully our digestive process can slow down so 
um, you think of if you're in a rush and you know you've got a you've got a meeting at one o'clock and we finish here at quarter to one but you need to eat in that time you literally will while you're answering emails go like that to yeah. eat it as quickly as you possibly can now if you think if you're in that stress response so you know you've got that meeting at one and you're still preparing for it while you're eating your body's not ready for food your body is ready to run away from a tiger because it's in that fight yeah. or flight response so the whole digestive process slows down um, and and what you can find is you so your stomach acid doesn't go to the right level your digestive enzymes then don't get triggered to break down the food but you can then start to find see see bloating constipation or diarrhea um so yeah mindful eating is is you asked earlier on it's kind of what are the most common questions i think that's probably one of the most common tips i give people yeah. is to slow down yeah. is to look at their food is to take three deep belly breaths before they start eating to get themselves into that rest and digest part of the nervous system before we start eating okay and you're probably that example you used of the you know quarter to one one o'clock meeting it's probably going to impact your one o'clock meeting as well because mm -hmm. you've absolutely shoveled down your food yeah. um you know that you're not going to be in the right you're not going to be feeling great for your one o'clock meeting anyway mm -hmm. definitely and impact the rest of the day as well because if you think of you know you if you're if you're uncomfortable if you're you've started to get a bit of bloating um you know you may feel then a bit sluggish not have the energy to go out for your walk after that meeting or or whatever it can definitely have an impact on the rest of the yeah. day um, and also i suppose distractions when you're eating as well it's certainly something that you know my wife and i th this year we've changed um is you know, we used to sit and eat in front of the TV, um, but we've changed that now. And I certainly feel after, you know, we've had our evening meal at the table without TV and things like that, you, you do actually feel better afterwards mm -hmm. than just, you know, eating it down in front of the TV. And also from a, if you think of a, an overeating point of view. So, you know, whenever uh, something that I speak a lot to my clients about is kind of portions and portion control and, and, and really listening to their body for when they are hungry and when they are full, right? Yeah. So if you think of, if you're just, I, do, I don't, I'm sure you'll have done this, but I, you know, when we're eating and we're not looking and then suddenly you look back at the bowl and it's disappeared and you're like, where on earth did that go to? Um, that's where you you tend to then go for seconds or you tend to then be hungry afterwards because you're not really making that connection. Um, and mindful eating makes it really helps with the, the hormones that help us know when we're full and when we're hungry and, and really, again, go into that kind of get in tune with our body. Yeah. OK. Um, so the, the next one I was wanting to go over with you was meal planning. Mm -hmm. do you meal plan yes we um well i would say in the main yes we do yeah. um and you know michelle from eat complete so yeah. we have recently been um ordering in all of our meals from uh, michelle eat complete yeah. so there's definitely an element of meal planning there but we could probably improve on Wait, lunch. You mean Michelle's doing it for you, Brian? Yeah, no. <laughs> we could probably improve on lunch. I think that that's probably the one that we do sort of just, 
you know, grab something or, you know, there's less planning goes into it. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I find a lot in practice is people are pretty good at planning the evening meals, but planning lunches and planning snacks don't usually get done. So usually this is quite typical. This is, is breakfast tends to be the same thing. Um, dinner is sometimes most of the time planned um, but but a lot of the time there's not much variety in there and this comes back to being um, the busyness um, but also the monotony of um, what are we going to have this week oh well we'll just have blah, blah 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 and it tends to be the same things over and over again and what I, I do give meal plans to my clients and they're tailored to their needs, so their health conditions and, and goals and whatnot. Um, but really, it's to help them get into a habit of doing it. It's to yeah. get into a habit of getting variety in there. Um, so whenever you do plan for the week, you I, I aim to give to get the variety of, is there enough nutrients in there? Is there a good range of um variation in vegetables yeah so really going by colors massively helps so the rainbow everybody everybody now talks about the rainbow color on your plate so important for the range of of nutrients and so the variation is is really key but also then you can plan whether you want leftovers for lunch you can plan lunches you can plan snacks now not everybody snacks um but or needs snacks but if you don't have something on your plan and you then go, do you know what? I'm a bit hungry. That's where you open the yeah. cupboard and you just grab anything out. But if you know what you're going to have or you've got it, you've got it in the fridge ready to go or in the freezer ready to go, you can just pick up and you go. And it, it takes it's getting into a habit of doing it, Brian. And it's the same as this, what we said earlier about this habit change that when you realize how much easier it makes your life during the week it is worth the half an hour it takes once a week. So like I recommend everybody to do it at the same time, same time every week. Mm-hmm. Um, same, you know, atta- it's, it's, it's habit forming, you know? So whenever we do the same thing, the same time every week, we get into the habit of doing it. And yeah. um, I grumble every week. I do it on a, on a Monday night and every Monday night I'm like, Oh, I can't be bothered, <laughs> you know, but once it's done, it just takes, it takes the stress off the rest of the week. And the habit on the habit side, you know, something you said there, I've been making it, you know, the same time every week is um, you've, I, I assume you've probably read the book Atomic Habits or Tiny Habits. Oh, I'm um, quite well over, yeah. yeah, so they are incredible books. So mm-hmm. for any listeners that are, you know, looking for, a, you know, help and, you know, making habits more yeah. of a, a thing you, you know, do in your life, then those two books, Atomic Habits by James Clear is absolutely phenomenal. So definitely recommend that to anyone yeah and it's it's really listening to how it's going to make your life easier isn't it um and yeah making it as simple as possible exactly so the next one i was going to ask about was sleep Mm -hmm. and specifically because we did joke about this on instagram i saw you talking about a shakti mat and i was like what is that hold on i'll get it (laughs) So yeah, on uh, um, Laura's Instagram, I saw her posting about a Shakti mat or commenting about a Shakti mat and I was very intrigued. So she's now got it out. So for those on video, you'll be able to see it. Okay, so what is a Shakti mat? 
It's a, an acupressure mat. Oh, okay. Very spiky. Um, so you, it's just, it's sore to start with, um, but it is one of the most relaxing things you're ever going to do. So it, you, the idea is that you lie on it at night. Okay. Um, whenever you first start lying on it, I would wear like a very light t-shirt and um, probably thinner than this, but so you can still feel the spikes. Um, but eventually you just go bare back um, and I find myself falling asleep on it. Okay. And my husband literally having to like rip me off it, <laughs> which sounds pretty bad. Um, and then standing on it in the morning. So on your bare feet in the morning, standing okay. on it, really, really stimulating as well, because obviously the the um, pressure points on your soles of your feet too. Okay, well, there you go. Then I'll, I'll I definitely learn something new today on top of a lot of other things, <laughs> but I'll be looking to invest in a Shakti mat then. But really good for stress management, like for for kind of meditation and stress management yeah. and all of that as well. So yeah, I probably wouldn't advise falling asleep on it, but no. doing it in the evening is is definitely a really nice okay. way to relax. Yeah. So so in the wider sleep message, then what sort of you know tips and guidance are you giving to your your clients on sleep? You mentioned um, with Robbie last week about the Matthew Walker's book. Yeah. It's, absolutely amazing and for anybody that hasn't read it um he's on tons of podcasts but the podcast with um Rangan Chatterjee the feel better live more podcast okay. he has got a couple of episodes on there which are brilliant they're in our I think one of them he he did like two episodes and then they put it into one so it's definitely worth listening to um it's really about routine and I think you mentioned that as I can't remember one of your first whether it was the one with at number team. one or last week yeah, yeah with the team or not but routine is really important and I think it's the most important of of getting your body clock right um, and I think whenever we have got babies or children we're really good at they've got to be in bed at a certain time or we do the same thing for them before we put them to bed because because that's what we do and that helps them go to sleep it's no different for adults you know yeah. you know that old saying bottle bath bed I remember yeah, that, yeah? like it, it, it for us we should be doing the same thing too not yeah. necessarily having a bottler and a bath before like a bed bo bottle of wine instead of, of <laughs> well that's gonna have that's not necessarily gonna help with your sleep but, no definitely um, not. but yeah it's um we forget about it and it's the same as the eating thing like we talked about earlier on like whenever we're babies we s cry when we're hungry but we s turn away whenever we're not hungry we don't want to eat anymore as adults, we're really bad at stopping when we're full or being having that mindful connection like we talked about earlier. This is something else that I try to kind of speak to my clients about is that need for routine, yeah. that need for the winding down in the evening. Um, you know, especially with so much on availability of TV on Netflix. Yeah. And when we're all working at home or most of us are still working from home, and the evening is our wind down in front of the TV. TVs are so stimulating. Mm. And even though 
whenever I ask my clients what their relaxation is, a lot of the time, Brian, they will say, I watch TV in the evening. And I'm not saying don't watch TV in the evening, but your brain's still stimulated. Yeah. So if you think of during the day, we're stimulated with work, we're stimulated with exercise. We then in the evening are stimulated with television and then we expect or we expect to be able to get into bed and fall asleep straight away. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to happen. Yeah, I think I think that. And by the way, I'm by no means perfect when it comes to sleep, but I'm conscious of it. And I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always looking for ways of improvement. And I think that's, yeah, the the routine thing is one of the key things for me. And I'll, you know, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. I think just, you know, having doing the same things, you know, before sleep that you would you do every other day, but also the time thing, this the sleep consistency is so important as well, because you know, I, I know I know of friends and you know family who are just going to bed at a different time every day. Um, you know, your your body just doesn't know when it's time to go to bed. So then it impacts the quality of sleep. And you know, I even take even you know waking up the next day, you know, having a, a routine to start the day as well. I think it's just so important to to help and mm-hmm. you know, just setting you up for the day as well. And that's where shift workers find it really difficult. Yeah. Um and it, it's really hard to get your circadian clock into any type of normality whenever you've got shift work or, or traveling, you know, mm-hmm. going across time zones as well. You me- Did you mention blue light? Yeah, you blue light blue blocking light, glasses. You? Yeah. Have you ever, you, you have blue light glasses, yes, don't you? I wear them yeah. in the evenings, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's those little things. And I think that's with everything that I speak to my clients about or work with my clients on, it's those little changes that yeah. you can bring into your life that that together could have a huge impact. Yeah. And those little changes are so individualized. What is right for you? What could you do to, 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 to improve your sleep? So not everybody, unfortunately, um, if, if you are a shift worker or you work 12 hour shifts can go to the bed at, at the same yeah. time every night but what can what can they do to improve it a little bit exactly. now it may be blue light glasses it may be doing the same thing every night so a 10 minute guided meditation something that is is quite small time wise and not going to add extra before they go to bed yeah. um it is key yeah yeah and how is it is it true that you know if you are if you have a poor quality of sleep one night or you're you don't have enough sleep, does that then affect your cravings for certain types of food the next day as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and it tends to be more kind of carby, sugary kind of foods. Yeah. So you're making yeah. you're you're making not as great choices the next day because of the 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 night of sleep that you've just had Mm -hmm. so it just then gets into a a cycle of from there as well yeah and and if you think of the caffeine the impact of caffeine too so if you haven't had a good night's sleep and you wake up in the morning and you're really low in energy or find it hard to get going you will then go and grab your one two three cups of coffee before you get going in the morning Mm. um and that then has an impact so um, there's some there's a neurotransmitter called adenosine which is rises during the day and 
makes us sleepy whenever it rises. And then whenever we have a, a night, a sleep, a good, good night sleep, that adenosine then gets cleared. So in an ideal world, we wake up in the morning, adenosine is low, we've got, you know, we're, we're awake, we're ready to go. And then that rises during the day. Now, what happens if we don't get a good quality sleep or a, a good night's sleep is adenosine doesn't quite get cleared properly. And that can be one of the reasons why we wake up drowsy. Okay. So you wake up drowsy and you're going through the day like that. Yeah. And it, it's a bit of a vicious circle. But what caffeine does and what theobromine and chocolate does is that, that they block the adenosine receptors. So they stop that feeling of adenosine. So adenosine gets stopped. Now, whenever adenosine gets stopped, that's when we're like, oh, yeah, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the day. But as soon as that caffeine wears off, those receptors go and the drowsiness or the sleepiness floods straight back into our system again. So that's when we kind of get that crash after we have caffeine. We tend then to reach for more caffeine or more sugar, more stimulants to get going. And it's it's yeah, we're fighting against ourselves. Yeah. OK, so. Well, that sort of brings us on then to hydration uh-huh. and the role that hydration plays in your overall all health. So do you want to talk a wee bit about how important that is? Yeah, so um, I think hydration is, we all say, oh, it's really important to drink eight glasses of water a day, but many of us don't. Um, and I think in, in practice, I've realised that the only people that do probably drink enough water are athletes like yourself because their bodies are really telling them that they need it um and you know we need all our cells need water yeah we need water for our digestive system to regulate temp- body temperature for removal of waste for bringing oxygen and nutrients around our body you know like there's reasons why we need water but it's it's I would probably say about 80% of people whenever they come to see me aren't drinking enough water. Okay. Um, and as soon as that habit becomes normal for them, that they are drinking enough water for their bodies, they feel more energized. They right. are going to the toilet more regularly. Yeah. So if they're constipated, all of a sudden their bowel movements are, are easier to pass and, um, yeah, they, and then they're like, "Is that really just because I've not been drinking enough water?" Yeah. So. Comes, comes back to habits again, surprisingly. Yeah. So you know, that's what works for me. I've got one of these, yeah. you know, hydrate mate bottles that's just always with me. It doesn't really yeah. matter where I'm going; yeah. always got it. So yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm getting enough water, um, and it's just by thirst, you know. But it's just because it's always there, and um, I make sure I'm getting enough fluids in. I used to work in um, for a. A gym in Aberdeen I used to work in in their clinic in there and we used to do health MOTs and we always asked questions about how much water people drank. and I remember in one of the set one of the sessions I had with somebody he, I think he then said to me do you drink enough water and I was like yeah 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 I do and then I stopped and went do I <laughs> and so I talked to him about downloading an app you know just to track his water during the day and, and they're really simple but it's a way of awareness yeah it's a way of kind of re- working out whether you did so whenever I got home I downloaded it myself and I thought I'm just going to check and see um, and I think I can't remember it's something like oh, I should have been drinking two liters and I wasn't at the time drinking two liters I wasn't far off it but I certainly wasn't mm-hmm. drinking what I needed to be drinking and you know within two weeks of tracking on the app 
my body was telling me this is the right amount of water for you you know yeah yeah it's amazing that uh I suppose it's like, you know, other things, it's, a, it's the accountability. So that app was holding you accountable um, because you wanted to make sure that you were getting enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of wee things like that. Just, you know, yeah. you, if you're competitive with yourself, um, then it just it's another little thing to, to help you. So, yeah, okay, good tip. So what was the name of that app? Oh, that app was called Plant, Plant Nanny. Ah, okay. So it's really quite cheesy. You grow a plant every time you have a glass of water, but it kept me um, going. Okay. As you can oh. tell, I like my plants. Yeah. Um, yes. But there's so many, like, you know, like my fitness pal's got a way of putting water in and everything as well. Yeah. So it's, there's so many apps out there. Um, and it's not something you need to be doing long term. It's just to create that awareness, yeah. have that accountability. Then all of a sudden it's a habit. Okay, well, there you go, listeners. Give yourself a challenge and download some sort of water uh, tracking app. Or I know my Garmin, you know, I've got a Garmin for running, obviously, and the, the phone app um, has one in there as well. You can just, you know, log your, yeah. your water. So, yeah, give it a try and, and see how you get on with it. But it really is something where most people would go, oh, no, I don't drink enough. Yeah. You know? Um, and then whenever they do start to drink enough, they're like, ah, that's why I need to be drinking more water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, good. Thank you. Um, so on to blood sugar balancing then. Why is that important and how can we do it? How long have we got? This is a, <laughs> this is a podcast in itself. We might have to do another podcast and drill down on each single or do more, do a series maybe and drill down on each one individually. Well, like, you know, for for the everyday person, you know, if you're not balancing your blood sugar levels well, you may be craving food like carby sugary foods during the day you may be low in energy particularly mid-morning and mid-afternoon and you may crave something sweet after you have a meal so you know you and I spoke about this before you don't if you don't feel quite satisfied after you have your meal and you want to grab that bit that's something sweet and there are kind of things that would make me think "Mm, I wonder if we need to be looking at blood sugar management here and really, if if we're not balancing our blood sugar levels well, so that then can lead to insulin resistance, lead to pre-diabetes and lead to diabetes. So it's it's really important looking at, um, and this is type 2 diabetes that, that it would lead to, um, but it's really important even just from an energy point of view, from a weight management point of view, from a sleep and from a stress management point of view, blood sugar balancing is quite, quite fundamental. Okay. And on to digestive health as well. So we've sort of touched on it already with the sleep side of things, but, you know, digestive health, how can you improve your digestion? Well, that's a bit of a what's going on with your digestion, right? Yeah. So um, there's so many different things that, that people, you know, I suppose symptoms of, of your digestion, your digestive system not quite working optimally, um, you know, whether that's bloating, whether that's cramps, whether that's, you know, excess flatulence, loose stools, right through to constipation, um, reflux, heartburn, burping, excess burping, um, excess hiccups. So there's so much, if you think of how long our digestive tract is, there are so many things could be going on in there. Um, So it it is very individual. Um, 
but I would say if you're eating a whole food diet with a good amount of fiber in there um, with a range of fiber, so a range of vegetables comes back to this variety again. Mm. Um, if you're eating right for you, and so what I mean by that is if you've got any kind of sensitivities to any foods, um, if you're maybe not breaking down particular foods, so some people break down meat better than others. So they've got more enzymes to, to break down meat, you know, better than others. The same with dairy. Um, some people find legumes quite difficult to digest. Um, foods are high in FODMAPs, some people find difficult to digest. So it's really individual. Yeah, yeah. so it really is. It's finding what's right for you. Um, but but fiber is very, very important. Um, variety is very important. Drinking enough water is very important. Um, and movement is really important. You know, there's it's, it's something that I've noticed in the last year since we've been going through the pandemic is people's digestive systems are being say they've had this is a very common thing that I've been hearing recently I've had this for quite a long time but it's got worse in the last year now there's a couple of reasons why digestive systems might be getting worse through the pandemic one is the impact of stress on our digestive system is huge um, but the second thing is uh, most of us aren't moving as much or, you know, yeah, we might be going out for that daily walk or for that daily run or cycle or whatever. But apart from that, we're on our bums. We're on the computer or we're in front of TV or we're really just not moving. Whereas if you think of in an office environment or in a job where we're on our feet more, um, even myself, whenever I was working in the clinic, yeah, I was still sitting, speaking to my clients, but I'd be getting up and down to go and bring them into the room or I'd be walking to go and speak to somebody else or I'd be going. And, and yeah, most of the time I was on my bum, but I was moving a lot. Yeah, you know? I think that's that's something I'm guilty of right now as well. Yeah, I'm getting mm -hmm. my daily run in. That's happening. I'm going mm -hmm. out for my run. But see, aside from that, I'm probably... Mm -hmm sitting at my desk you know a lot more than as you say you know just not moving around a lot and I think that there's not the need to yeah exactly so you know I think I do it some days just get out for an additional walk you yeah. know lunchtime or whatever just to you know try and get some movement in there as well so yeah it's really important I've um I've said to quite a few people recently of kind of setting alarms on their phones or their watches or, or their computers yeah. to pop up, you know, even every every half an hour and that alarm, you know, go and do a couple of star jumps, you know, go and yeah. do a bit of a dance, put on music, put on a two minute song and and because that movement, dancing's amazing for the digestive system. Yeah. Um and it, again, if you if you're doing that like every hour even during the day. Yeah. It's amazing how much extra kind of movement you're yeah. getting. And even if you're a bad dancer like me, nobody's going to see you. So just do it. Yeah. Oh, as long as you're not filming it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, well, that might, maybe this is a way I was going to ask you next about alleviating stress and different yeah. tips and advice you've got. So aside from having a little dance, you know, what other, what other ways have you or tips have you got for helping with stress management? Um, so again, a whole food diet, right? So yeah. a whole food diet is going to be giving you all those nutrients that you need to support your nervous system. So the most important nutrients are B vitamins, magnesium and vitamin C. So those are in your leafy grains, they're in your whole grains. And again, variety is really important. So from a diet point of view, 
a whole food diet yeah. um, and cutting down in stimulants as well is really or being mindful of stimulants so sugar is a stimulant alcohol will be a stimulant and caffeine will be a stimulant so it's just being mindful of when we're stressed it's it's ironic in that when we're stressed we tend to be tired not sleeping as well so we will then reach for the caffeine to make yeah. to make us more alert we will get to the end of the day we will be so glad we've got through the day we'll have that glass of wine and we will be craving probably sugar during the day right so those three things are probably the worst things we can be having when we're stressed but they're the tend to be the ones that we that we go for so just being mindful of the impact that those can have in our body and yeah. um, and then like i say to everybody that I work with find something that an activity that makes you feel like you've had a big deep breath <laughs> so do you know when you when you are just at calm right when you're not thinking about your to-do list when you're not thinking about work or your next run or how that run was or do you know it's just just at peace at calm how can you get those little moments in during the day, whether it is yoga, meditation, coloring, you know, mm. mindful coloring, you're having a bath with a candle on and some Epsom salts or some essential oils, just what is right for you? And I, yeah. we're bringing this word individual back in again, but it's so individual because um you know about heart rate variability don't you mm -hmm. right so yeah. um i there's a a nutritional therapist in london and i remember listening to something that he did he put it was another podcast and i couldn't tell you what it was because it was quite a while ago <laughs> but he did a study on heart rate variability with his clients okay. so as nutritional therapists we get everybody to fill in um forms before they come and see us so like medical history forms and food diaries right but he also gets them to track their heart rate variability over a week you'll love you would love this stuff and he had this he was talking about one of his clients that he was working with and he was really stressed um and that was driving what was going on with him. Can't remember what it was at the time but he got the chart out whenever they sat down together. It was at times whenever we could see clients. Um, and he, there was spikes in his heart rate variability twice in the week. Apart from that, it was actually quite, quite low. And he said to him, what were you doing at these times that you were more relaxed? Do you know what he was doing? He was washing his car. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's just it's that. And to me, that would not relax me at all. Yeah. Um, I yoga really works for me. Um really work it does definitely really work for me what are my plants is that again yeah, no that's i laugh there because that, that's something that uh angela my wife does on a mm -hmm. sunday it's a routine yeah. and a sunday she'll go around and water all the plants and yeah she really enjoys it yeah it's quite it's really therapeutic if you think especially if you've got like a nice watering can and you can just go each one and kind of talk to mine sometimes and yeah <laughs> Oh well, there you go. There you go. Talk to talk to your plants. Why not? Um, no, that's that's absolutely brilliant. And you know that those, I mean, there's loads of tips within there. And as I say, we could probably do a 
what a podcast in each of those particular topics yeah. but you know i think people will take a lot from that so um i just wanted to to come on to some you know if there's any common myths out there about you know nutrition that you would like to address or you know whether you and i think i know the answer to this already because you've used the word individual so many times yeah. but if, you know if there's any advocate you know any diets that you particularly advocate over others um mm-hmm. and then you would like to add to them um, from a diet point of view, you've you've already guessed it. Like I wouldn't advocate one particular diet for anybody. Um, it does comes down to individual choice and each person's body. Um, I've had over the years people who have wanted to follow specific diets for yeah. a reason, and it's been okay for them for a while, but then it's not. It, you know it's, we start to wonder whether it is actually quite right for their bodies um but so not really yeah um, and as long as there's variation in there as long as you're getting the right amount of nutrients as long as you feel good energized sleeping well yeah food food is so obviously so important for us um from uh what was the first question? Myths about any common myths. Oh, common myths. I don't really know. Um, I think I think the biggest myth that I have came to realise, and especially is with what people come to me with and wonder, is so and so has done this, or I have seen so and so following this diet, or I have yeah. seen them doing this. And I want to do that or I tried to do that and that didn't work for me. And I think the something we all need to learn is and, and accept more than learn is that we are all so different. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't recommend diets. I don't recommend calorie counting um, mainly from a kind of I've seen it cause problems further down the line for clients however sometimes people do want and and I do work with clients to do like with um tracking from an accountability and an awareness point of view yeah so that you know there's there's tools there for a reason um um yeah I suppose and I think it's a calorie thing is the biggest myth in my head of all calories are the same and and they're not you know (laughs) like a a Mar- like a Mars bar or Milky Way is like the same calories, same amount of calories as an apple. And like yeah. the, you don't need to go and study a nutrition course to realize that they're not going to do the same thing in your body. Yeah. yeah but exactly. some, you know, if you were only looking at a calorie controlled diet and you were only letting yourself, letting yourself have a certain amount of calories in a day and you're, you've got 200 calories left at the end of the day, most people in that mindset would go for the Milky Way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, great. Absolutely brilliant. So what, what do you think about the myth thing? What myths have you? Um, I I would, it's not really a myth, but more, I don't like the whole quick transformation thing that you see on Instagram, for example. So you'll mm-hmm. see a, an influencer of some sort and they're generally trying to, you know, plug some sort of, diet or weight loss product that doesn't work and it's you know they talk about you know four week transformations or four week weight loss and things like that and you know in reality it's often just 
you know, different angle photos and all this. And it just, it portrays this image of, you know, you can go in a drastic weight loss for, for four weeks. And in reality, it doesn't work like that. It's about, mm. you know, longer term, you know, it's what you've st- spoken about all the way through this. It's about habits. It's about what's individual to you. Um, but I think sometimes people get attracted to these quick wins. Um, so it's not necessarily a myth, but it's just something that bugs me. And I think, you know, yeah. people need to be more aware of. But what I think with that as well is it's hard work to, yeah. to change habits. And it's 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 putting it's so much energy to to change what we have done all our lives. Yeah. And if you go onto Instagram and you see somebody saying you can achieve this in four weeks and it's really easy. <laughs> That that's how they sell these things, yeah. you know, because actually in the reality, it's not going to be easy. You yeah. know, it's it's going to take longer than four weeks if you want it to be long term. Um, and yeah, you can see why people get pulled in to that. Yeah. Um, and it's whenever people come to me and they're like, you know, I tried this and I tried that and I tried this and I tried that. And, uh, you know, they blame themselves then because they haven't succeeded, Brian. And yeah. it's like, how could she manage it in four weeks and she's fine but I can't I'm a failure I I've not been able to do that and it's for morale for motivation for emotions it's it's way deeper than yeah so so my tip for anyone would be rather than trying to be attracted to these quick fixes go and speak to somebody like Laura um, and they'll help you make some long-term changes and so I thought I would take the opportunity to be a wee bit selfish here Laura and ask you something that I need help with so um, one of my biggest challenges is taking on enough food taking on enough calories because I'm obviously you know running so much I'm burning so many calories and I think my you know diet overall is pretty dialed in but I think I could improve on like healthy snacks and things like that. So, you know, where I do need those snacks to fill in between, you know, bigger meals is, you know, what sort of things could I be snacking on that, you know, have good nutritional value. I've got decent calorie content to make me full. Any tips? So nutrient dense food is, okay. is probably the, the key there yeah. is, is getting as much, nutrients into that snack as you possibly can okay um and probably calories for you too so you know having things like coconut oil in there and having like quinoa having nuts and seeds and that kind of thing are really good for really packing in the nutrients it kind of depends on when you're going to train to what really you should be having so yeah um you know you know kind of fat like fats are harder to break down take longer to break down and if if you were just about to go for a run and having something like that is more likely just to sit in your tummy wouldn't necessarily be the right thing um there's a really good book something portables have you got it no i don't the runners portable i'll find it and i'll send it to you um one of my colleagues is a performance nutritionist and he he talks about it all the time and it is one of the best books of snacks that are really full of nutrient dense and and it's, it's for athletes and um, yeah, okay so yeah. yeah send it to me that'd be great and really making sure whenever you're having your um your meals in between your your three meals a day that there is 
a good amount of protein in there, which yeah. I know there will be, but there is complex carbs in there, you know, and there is healthy fats in there and that it is really as new nutritious as possible in each of those meals so the snacks are just kind of um oomphing them a bit more okay yeah perfect thank you i thought i'd take the opportunity why not and listeners might learn something as well i'm not Um, a performance nutritionist so that 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 i could fire you and that point you in the right direction to some people who know much more than me Okay, thank you. Um, so just before we start rounding up then, I know that you personally use uh, some HBHM CBD oil. So how have you found it benefit you? Well, do you remember earlier on I talked about how I'm quite a stressy person? Yeah. Well, it's always going to be there in me, like no matter how much work I have done on myself to be the calm person that I am, I'm... I, 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 I've noticed it definitely makes me less irritable with my children. Okay, good. Yeah, um, which they'll be really happy with. Yeah. And my husband will be really happy with. But no, it does. It just, it's like that deep breath. Do you remember yeah. I spoke earlier on about like, what can you do to get that deep breath? It is like a deep breath um, for me. And it definitely has made a difference with my sleep as well. Um, and especially... I generally have quite good quality sleep apart from a couple of days before my period's due Okay, is whenever with hormone regulations and temperature reg- changes um, I, that can be an impact that can have an effect. And I've noticed since taking it, I, that has been much less. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's something that we're keen to expand upon in some future episodes is you know, because we've we've had a lot of feedback from some of our female users of our CBD oil, and it is around their, you know, period and their menstruation, all that sort of stuff, and it really does help. So, yeah. you know, that's probably something to to look out for yeah, coming because up because it regulates our hormones. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just bal- it's just a balancer, yeah. um, and yeah, it's it it's made a big impact on me personally. Okay. No, that's great. Glad to glad to hear that you've seen a benefit from from using it. So, okay then aside from work and outside of um you know the the day job, what's some, some other interests that you've got? Well, like I do I do call myself a runner compared to some of you guys. I am not a runner. I am a plodder. You're definitely, definitely a runner, Laura. I, uh, but I think anybody who puts on trainers and goes out for a run can call themselves a runner. Definitely, so, yeah. Um, and I've run for a very long time. I am not fast, but I get from A to B and I love it. Um, you mentioned, I think, in, the, in your episode last week about the impact on mental health. Yeah. For me, especially this year, running has gone from, from a fitness to a mental health aid for yeah. me. Oh, definitely, definitely. Actually, I mean, yeah. get, just getting out there and getting yeah. some fresh air on you and, you know, there's endorphins. Yeah, it's so powerful. But can I ask a question? Have yeah. you taken uh, any time off running in this last year? Um, have you had I, a week off, say? Have I taken a week off? Aye. Um, yeah, I think I took, I, I pretty much took a week off after I did uh, my first ultra. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was pretty much a full week off of doing no running and I've taken some down weeks um as well so you know I train at quite a high intensity 
you know, throughout the course of the year, but it's important right now, well, it's important anytime, but just to have, you know, recovery weeks every so often. So I'm actually in one this week. So I've got a slightly lesser load this week. What was that, sorry? Why are you finding that? Yeah, good. It just helps my body to cover. Although I did a stupid thing on Monday and did a, um, I'm taking, so my wife is a CrossFit athlete and she, you know, right now there's the CrossFit Open, which is Mm -hmm. basically a global competition, if you like. And I've signed up um, to do the foundations part of it. So it's like, you know, not, nothing too technical. So I did a workout on Monday and I'm still sore. Like <laughs> this is this is now Wednesday. We're recording this, and my arms and my legs. So yeah, I've taken a down week on running, but I've went and done a really hard CrossFit workout, and mm-hmm. I'm still sore. So yeah, I I do have a, a down a down week every now and then. So because I was speaking to a friend, um, my friend that I run with the other day about it, that usually at usual times I will have a break and be forced to have a break yeah. so whether that's going away on holiday or or an illness yeah so like yeah you're you're forced to stop and this year I have not okay. and it's only been this week I've realized you know what I've been running and I don't do any mileages like like you do at all but like I do between 40 to 50k a week okay. and I've been doing that consistently for a year now you know yeah. without, without a break but like I don't go fast so like my, my body feels good with it but funny that you said doing something different your body feels different on Saturday I went for a run with um you might have seen on my Instagram I went for a run with my friend supposed to be quite a simple route but we ended up up going up over rocks and craig and yeah and just my muscles just aren't used to running up and down yeah. as much as that you know and like only today so that as you said this is wednesday today is the first day that and i've ran i ran monday monday and tuesday but today's the first day running that my legs weren't telling me to stop yeah. you know just and, doing something different but yeah. you should like and, and think that's the other thing that i because I used to work in, in a clinic in the gym. So I used to do quite a lot of gym work as well. And this year it's just been running. Um, and I think you mentioned that as well um, in one of the other, in the other episodes, in fact, both of them probably as well about strength work. And I used to do quite a lot of strength work and it's gone. Okay. Um, but what I do try to do regularly is yoga. So okay. apart from running, I try and practice yoga every day Um but I don't put pressure on myself that I have to do it every day because I think as soon as you say you have got to do something every single day um especially right now it's it's a lot of pressure um but yeah my daughters are both at school now so what they were off for quite a long time so it's trying to fit everything in was really hard whereas now it's it's lovely it's quiet awesome awesome and what's your what's your running goal this year Oh, I'm going to do my first marathon this year. So putting it out here is probably not what was planned. Um, I would love to do Belfast marathon just okay. because I'm, I'm from near Belfast. Yeah. And I think my, I would, I'd love to do my first one with my family Yeah. at the end. It might be the only thing that gets me around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely look forward to seeing that journey and we're here for any tips and advice that you need. I will need them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just before we finish up then, Laura, I ask every guest their top tips or one main tip for improving performance, improving recovery and improving sleep. So the performance can be in any aspect of life. So what's your top tip for improving performance? 
having goals and I think I'm not stealing Martin's that I think he said that in week <laughs> one but I think it is really important to have a goal yeah. um, but that the goal is not unrealistic that the goal is something that is right for you um, and I think when we set goals that are unachievable or not right for our lifestyle or aren't specific enough it's really hard then to reflect on those goals and it can be more demoralized in my opinion and, and working with clients it can be more demoralizing rather than motivating yeah. so um yeah our smart or smarter goals yeah. um is pretty important okay and for improving recovery sleep sleep I thought you might say that. And then, so what's your biggest... I'm good nutrition. I can't be a nutritionist and not say and eat well. Sleep and nutrition. Okay. We'll go with that. And then, so then, so what's your... We spoke about a lot of things to help with sleep throughout the podcast. So if you were just to... If somebody asked you what's the biggest tip for improving their sleep, what would it be? Setting an alarm in your phone to tell yourself to wind down before you go to bed. Okay. And make that a habit because otherwise it can be 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning and you suddenly go, oh, okay, then I need to go to bed. So yeah. it's it's just awareness, accountability, and then it'll become a habit. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Laura. There's loads of stuff we went through there and I think a lot of practical tips and advice that our listeners can get so thanks very much for that if they want more information where can they find you well my most of the stuff i put up is on instagram which is laura.lesley.nutrition i think yeah. um, and my website is laura-lesley.com Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Laura. Um, please go and follow Laura across her social media platforms. And yeah, we'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Cheers, Brian. Thank you. Cheers, Laura. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HBHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hbhm.com by putting in the code HBHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HBHM official and we look forward to speaking to you next time.